And we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rufino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good, sir. Blake, transfer portal stuff starting to heat up a lot more, man. We, I am, and I know we're going to get to it today. I, I am, I'm pretty amazed by not only the amount of guys that are leaving Texas A&M right now, but man, some of these teams in the SEC, whoever gets some of these guys could completely rebuild their defensive lines, their secondaries. It's like the whole defense is in, is entering the portal right now. Yeah, I, I mean, look, when big programs have had big coaching changes, you know, USC. Right. Um, who are some other ones? LSU. Um, not. I mean, there were some guys at Notre Dame, not as much because, because I think Marcus Freeman was already in building. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma. Remember when Brent Venables – that was probably the best example. That was like a huge right. clearing. So, you know, Joe, this is probably not um, – it's not something that we hadn't seen, right? Like like this happens when a new coaching staff comes in. But, look, there is a lot of people that are going into the portal, a lot of players going into the portal uh, from Texas A&M. But they also get a really good offensive coordinator uh, today, which, by the good way – on my LSU show, we'll be talking about AM because they try to poach the best offensive coordinator in the country, Mike Dimrock, and were unable to do so. Wait, did they actually? I didn't know about that. Yeah, they actually tried to, wow. they try to come into Baton Rouge and poach. Okay. And then, so I'll just let it all, you know, right. air out now. And then a LSU went and plucked one of their five stars from recruiting and said, Nanana boo boo. Well, aren't they also aren't they um, one of the top destinations for Walter Nolan or one of the other defensive linemen too? Because I, I saw the LSU yeah, logo. Up there. Yeah, I mean the so? kids from Tennessee. All right, I, I mean whoever backs up the Brings truck, Texas, Georgia, whoever. I think USC. that's where that kids. Uh, no, nah, I can't so. see it. He, kid's not a USC guy. Not I think Tennessee would be Tennessee would be the most. We said this last show, but Tennessee for me is the would be the most fun one. We'll see, but they have a lot in the portal. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about Colin Klein, their new OC, hitting the portal. Speaking of the SEC, though, Joe, did you see the schedule for Georgia for next year? No, I mean I saw that some of the schedules leaked. I think that the rest of them are coming out today, but. No, what what are the what are the highlights? Are you, ready? are you ready for this? So remember how everybody said that Georgia doesn't play anybody. You remember that whole spill uh, this yeah. year. Here is Georgia's 2024 schedule: Clemson, Rudy Poo Tech, Kentucky at Kentucky. At, Respect at, Tennessee Tech. Come on, man. Okay, at, Sorry. at <laughs> Alabama. So they go to Kentucky, to Alabama, Auburn. Mississippi State at Texas, Florida at Ole Miss, Tennessee and UMass, and then they that's ridiculous. They rounded out with uh, Haynes King led Georgia Tech. See the the one thing I will say with this, it's kind of an advantage that you get most of the rough games out of the way in the beginning of the season. The only remaining tough matchup that they really have. Actually, all these are tough. Old Miss, ten, man, they got a terrible schedule this past year, and it, it in a way it almost maybe have cost them a little bit. And here we are; they've got to play either an up and coming team or a top established team in the SEC. Brutalized. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the bottom line. Okay, the bottom line is is that they have an absolutely brutal schedule, but they have the players uh, to. Right, be able to handle that. Now they can't get the injuries that they had this year, so we'll see about that. Uh, also, we'll talk a little Ole Miss and Penn State uh, here tonight uh, in their bowl game. We'll talk some Florida State. We'll kind of wrap back around Florida State. You know, look, I, we've talked about it twice, but it's still out there, and people are still pissed off. I, I thought we might need to circle back. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Mm -hmm is trying to use a million dollars of the state's budget to go after the playoff committee. Uh, so I think it's uh, a little worthy there, Joe. Yeah, we're also, I, I don't know if you saw the uh, the press conference that was scheduled for 
the bowl game between Georgia, uh, that was already canceled. I, I don't know if that's like a scheduling error or whatnot, but the whole thing is very tense. Obviously, we know that it's been tense and it's going to be tense for probably the next couple of weeks. One thing I never understood, though, a lot of people have been saying like, oh, just give it a week. It'll, you know, it'll die off. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be something that's talked about the whole offseason. I think it's something that people are going to continue to bring up. I think the whole Ron DeSantis, DeSantis thing is a little silly to put money into suing because like what, you know, what's going to happen? They're going to take this to court and then, and then they're just going to say they have the right to choose who goes. This isn't the NCAA. They don't have strict criteria or guidelines. They have the right to pick the four teams. They don't have to participate in it if, if they choose not to. Right. I mean, people say, well, it's an SEC Invitational. Well, it is an Invitational, all right. Right. Well, it is what it is. I mean, they can sue for potential loss damages. I think that's a little soft, if you if you ask me. Right. Right. That's that's ridiculous. If you're suing to get money out of it, like that's that's pathetic. That's pathetic. We'll see. All right, we got a lot to discuss. We'll talk a little bit about AM, then Florida State, Ole Miss, Penn State, and then Charlie Baker in the news, not telling his commissioners. Joe, I talked about this a little bit last night. I, I, we'll talk about it here today. What is Charlie Baker doing? Uh, like, I, I, I don't. So, if 100 male athletes get NIL deals that are paid through the school, through a collective than 100 female athletes. So basically, if you pay the football team, you have to pay everybody, every female across all of college or all college athletes on your campus, you have to pay them too. So if you pay 100, you got to pay 100 female athletes. Here's a here's a bright idea. The football program is legitimately at most all of these schools making sure that these programs stay afloat. So unless I'm misreading this uh, in Ross Dellinger's article, he does actually say that schools must continue to abide by the framework of Title IX, assuring that 50% of the investment be directed towards. So again, if 100 females. No, it's 100 males and then 50 female no. athletes need to be compensated. Uh-uh. uh-uh. So because I am misreading you, that. Yeah, you are misreading that because Title IX is if you do the same for one, you have to do the same for the other. Yeah. Oh, I under, I understand. I completely it's misread that. It's got to be a 50, 50 split. Right. Well, I mean, right bullshit. now. Oh, it's bullshit. This we're going to talk about bullshit. it, but I don't I, – we're going to talk about it, but I actually think that it that's not unreasonable, and I think that – got to put $30,000 in a trust per athlete. It's got to go into yeah. a trust fund. So gotta, you you know, the money has to come through a trust fund. The money that's being paid out to the athletes has to come through. That's it, but the it has point to be, is, but it has to oh, be well, at least thirty thousand dollars per athlete, though. You and I are going to be yelling about this, and I didn't realize that you and I were going to be yelling about this because this is exactly what I said the whole offseason that we used to argue about that there needed to be public regulation and visual guidelines for how things are going. So now that if it's going through this trust fund funnel, it's a little bit more visible to see where the money's going, who's getting paid what. They have to report it already. Like if the school's doing it, they have to report it already. They get the audited to do it. Do the, do the collectives have to report anything? Yeah, they have to report to the IRS. So it's all like it's already being reported. If it's a publicly traded or a public school, like a state-funded school, like Notre yeah. Dame doesn't have to do it. But Alabama does. You and I are going to argue over this because, again, this is exa- this is exactly what I thought, what I wanted in the offseason. I just wanted guidelines. You know, All I wanted I'm going to say formal- before we get rolling here, okay. and look, I, this is, I am not being sexist, but it's just fact. If the football players are getting paid at a at an institution $30,000 in a trust fund, yeah. women's tennis has no business at a bare minimum getting $30,000 when, number one, they do not generate a revenue – and football is the reason that they're able to play sports. And being yeah. in the red, okay, for every college team that is not football, baseball, basketball, they're never in the red. It's for tax purposes, okay? They're paying all their bills, right? Like, they're not yes. taking losses, okay? So if little Susie Q gets paid $30,000 and Caleb Williams get has to get paid $30,000, well, who's making more revenue for the school that's paying into that NIL collective? Well, I, I think that that 
$30,000 is a minimum so that they can get paid. Certain guys can get paid more. You know, there is not a cap to the sure. amount that these players sure. are allowed to be paid. But that money has to be then be redistributed as you're talking about here. I'm going to tell you what, though. Alabama is probably going to have one of the best women's tennis programs in the country, though, in the next <laughs> in the next few years, because you're going to be able to attract uh, some of the biggest name. That's actually a re- you bring up a really good point about this, and I, I don't I, I just to get it out of the way now, so we don't talk really get into it later. There's only so many talented, you know, like women's tennis players, women's golf, or like volleyball Gymnastics, athletes, whatever it may for, be. Right? There's there's only like a very small amount of those athletes for women's sports. Because those teams are a lot smaller, and I, I just like you're going to be. There's going to be some athletes that are getting paid money that might not be up to the standard of what I'm trying to think the best way to phrase this. What you're it, what you're trying to say is is that there are some athletes that can generate that. Is what you're trying to no, say? No, no, no. What I what I'm saying is that there's going to be some female athletes on these teams because they have to reallocate money. And the same amount of money needs to go to certain female athletes as men's athletes. You're going to have to likely overpay just some random female athletes in order to have that number. That's, be exact, like, that's exactly you could, right. And they're trying to lim- they they think that they can do that to limit what they're having to do, meaning that they're not going to give a million dollars in NIL if they're for the football team if half of that's got to go to women's tennis. Right. I mean, that's what they're trying to prohibit. The problem yeah. with that is, and with all due respect to little, look, I have a daughter. Okay. I want equal things for my daughter, but I also have a son. And regardless of who it would be, if Jewel was generating more money than Ben, I'm not going to force Jewel to give Ben money or vice versa. Okay. Because if one is generating more than the other is, okay, I'll give you an example. When it was estimated by ESPN in 2019 that Joe Burrow generated for LSU over $375 million, mm-hmm. Susie Q has no business touching anything of that generated money that people want to put into a collective. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Well, you know what? This is pretty much our segment on this, right? I mean... Well, I want to talk about other things other than the, the Title IX. I, I think it's important to talk about the Title IX stuff because it does... Title IX is important. Title IX is an important part of Don't college disagree. sports because, Don't because we do need we do need a level of uh, parity amongst the money that is distributed. But I I do agree with you because I don't think that it, it it's correlative in the sense that like I'm talking about here, there's like an elite f- football or basketball athlete that is or a football athlete that it's going to go on to be a first round pick. If you recruit a poor a, a bad team, say you have like a really bad a tennis program in Alabama. That's what I'm throwing out there. If you've got a really bad program, you still have to allocate those funds and give the, that, that to, to members of the roster. And you are just going to be obligated to pay somebody who's maybe not even that good, maybe not even an all-conference player. That's what I'm trying to get out here. It's weird about it is it, it, it's the whole point of NIL is that you're compensating people, you're compensating these athletes based on their performance. You're able to pay Caleb Williams a few million dollars because he's worth a few million dollars. He's going to get you a national championship winning team. But if your tennis program notoriously does not have a national team, national championship contending team, you still have to give them that money. You can give it to a a complete random walk on if you had to, in order just to sufficiently abide by the ruling that is being thrown out there. So I think you bring up an interesting point that is probably going to throw a big wrench in all this. All right, we got a lot more other yes. things to discuss. Yeah, yeah, let's get to all that stuff. All right. Talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Before we get rolling, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Texas A&M, how bad are things really going they hired their new OC, Colin Klein. We talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Ben Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join 
and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back. All right, here we go. Joe, today, well, really since Monday, even really a little bit before then, not the soundbite you just heard of we're back, meaning Sam Ellinger, Texas, but in the state of Texas, it's Texas A&M. They've had a couple of big-time players hit the portal over the last 72 hours, one being Walter Nolan, LT Overton, Jack, uh, Jake Johnson, Raymond Contrell, who might be going, the receiver might be going to Kentucky. Max Johnson is going to be the new quarterback at North Carolina. Offensive lineman Chase Besantis, who started at right tackle. Fidel Diggs, and some people believe that Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, will also be entering the portal right here. Uh, Joe, I, I got to be real. Is it bad? Yes, but it's not anything unlike that we have not seen at other schools, LSU, Oklahoma, USC, when the transfer portal opened and these big coaching changes have happened, we've seen players go into the portal, and I think this is just another rendition of A&M. It's going on with them. But the funny thing is, in all of this, it, we're coming full circle in when A&M and Jimbo went out there with NIL and paid for all those players to come to Texas A&M, and now majority of that recruiting class is now hitting the portal to finish their last year somewhere else. If you want to talk about poetic justice, because remember, during that entire offseason and really recruiting period, all we could talk about was A&M and then Saban taking shots at Jimbo, Saban taking shots at Dion. because remember, Travis Hunter, the number one prospect in the country at the time, and everybody knows who he is now, uh, picks Jackson State. And now we're starting to come a little full circle here, right? Mm. I, I if I'm an AM fan, am I am I a little like upset, whatever, maybe, but I'm not freaking out because we've seen other programs this happen to. We saw Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley have two really good seasons in year one. And then now you're seeing what's going on at Oklahoma with Brent Venables as they get their 10 win season, they're back on track. It feels like right now, and this tends to happen whenever there is one of these mass exodus incidents in college football. There's so it always feels like the since the transfer portal became a thing, there's always one school that it's like, oh my god, look at all these guys that are leaving. And right now we're doing the same stupid bit. Everybody on Twitter is like, oh my god, what's going on at Texas A&M? And everybody is trying to pile on and clown on them and talk about how there's all these issues and oh, Mike Elko can't keep the locker room together. I don't think any of that's a problem. I don't think any of this is an issue. I think it's an expectation. A guy that recruited you, I understand that a lot of people would love to say that the financial aspect of it was why these guys were sticking around. I'm sure some of them it was. But a lot of these guys came to play for Jimbo Fisher. Mike Elko comes in. There's probably a decent amount that had no relation or conversation with Mike Elko before he came in. And they want to go play elsewhere. I also don't blame a lot of these younger guys who are one year away from entering the NFL draft to want to go join an already established position group that's already at an elite level. To see somebody like Walter Nolan end up at Tennessee or Georgia or Alabama, to join a group of other top 100 draft picks to boost mm -hmm. his draft stock to compete for a national championship. Texas A&M is going to take a year or two before they get to their full capability, no matter what. I don't blame <laughs> them for not wanting to sit around for that. The only thing I will say that maybe draws some concern, Blake, you haven't heard a lot of the top portal kids brought up for Texas A&M. You know, you don't really see that their name out there a lot with a lot right. of the guys that have entered the portal. So guys, well, he, doesn't even that a, he doesn't even have a staff yet. So he can't, he can't right. really go out there and recruit like you're talking about, which is kind of crazy. Right. What I was just getting at, though, to finalize my thought here, everybody leaving is one thing. But can he bring in a good crop of guys to mitigate that damage? So can he? Yes. And look, here's another thing. The biggest thing I think for him, and and Connor Weigman could go into the portal. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. But he's not going to have the weapons 
that he would need to succeed there. Okay. So is Evan Stewart coming back? Are they going to pay him to stay? Like the Moss kid, the the Reuben Owens, you know, maybe they'll keep some some things around him. Maybe they'll keep some of those offensive linemen. But look, you just got to hire your staff, be calm, don't overreact. And, and look, the AD, Ross Bjork, is going to have to help him out with things. He's going to have to get to players that are going into the portal, and he's going to have to say, look, we, we'll do what we got to do. We did it before. We'll do it again. And, and you saw Evan Stewart say, look, I never got paid from A&M. That's, that's horseshit. Okay, because I know for a fact that anybody at AM that wants to come at me, please come on the show because we'll debate it. You are handing out, or AM was handing out con, NIL contracts. Some people believe in, in the range of fifty to $75,000 a, a semester. Okay, so don't act like you weren't paying people. You're going to have to pay people now. I'm not going to overreact to it, Joe. I, I, I just refuse to because, look, there's a long way to go to this. We got 28 more days until it closes. And then you got spring, right? People can go in the portal in spring and they can do some things. So I'm not going to overreact there, Mm -hmm. but I will tell you their defense. When Elijah Robinson left, I think Elijah Robinson leaving is a big deal. You see all those D line again in the portal should have kept him, make him your DC, you know, like, but he refused. He refused to. He goes on to Syracuse. Elijah goes on to Syracuse, and it was what it was. Have they hired a defensive coordinator? Not yet. They, Just Colin okay. Klein. To my at least, maybe I missed it. Uh, but I don't. No, think I don't they think they have. That 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 actually, I agree here. Again, there's there's things to not be worried about, and then there are things to be worried about. Not retaining him and making your him your defensive coordinator, I think, was absolutely a mistake. He is right. identified often as an up-and-coming coach. I don't know off the top of my head if they crossed paths when Elko was there previously. but Yeah, they, they, I mean, he was Elko's D-line coach. So it's not I, like I, he didn't know him. That's a really bad – that's a big mistake. Big that's mistake. a big mistake. Very, very big mistake because I would, would have been willing to bet that maybe not all of these guys would have stuck around but at least half of them would. What, didn't they make him the interim coach with the intention of of him being a reason that guys would stick around and, and finish the season? Yes, Wasn't that, that why? That is correct. I don't like that Elko did that. That's a mistake. That was a huge mistake. Well, I, I mean, it is and it isn't to some degree in the sense of that you got to bring in your own staff. And if you don't want Elijah, you don't want Elijah. And look, Mike Elko is going to call plays on defense. It's just maybe it, that it, was it. Yeah, I think that 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 comes down to it. So, but look, they did make some news today in reference to some of their coaching staff. Kansas State offensive coordinator and former quarterback Colin Klein is going to be their is going to be their next OC. Joe, I, I saw people around, I guess casuals around college football, like, oh my god, this guy's a bad hire, and I'm like. Bro, they had a top 25 offense in the country with Will Howard as yes. a quarterback. Like, what are you talking about, okay? Like, they are one of the better scoring um, offenses in the country. Joe, they averaged 37 points, almost 38 points a game at Kansas State. Like, Colin Klein really can call plays. Like, if I'm Connor Wagner, I'd be like, hey, man, this guy can kind of dial some stuff up. And, and he is one of the better coaches that I, I know that – People talk about and steal things that they do in the red zone. I know for a fact that LSU even implemented some stuff that Colin Kahn put in at Kansas State for the red zone. I think it's a really good hire by Mike Elko in uh, for hiring Klein. What do you think? I Well, first thought, uh, love it. But I, I can't help but laugh at the um, the parallel that we can make to another university. Connie Marie's in Notre Dame. <laughs> Yeah, it's the you know it's the Midwestern the uh, action. Paying, paying people, man. It, it, they literally did the same exact thing that happened with Tommy Rees. They stole him away from his alma mater where he was the offensive coordinator. That to me is really entertaining, and I, I love it. Um, and I, it's a copycat league. You know, it's it's one of those leagues where everyone wants to um, steal steal approaches and hiring decisions from other coaches. It, it happens all the time. But what you just brought up there a second ago, why I like this hire, anyone who's not been paying attention to college football, 
you know, the ones that are, are the ones that are complaining about this. If you've watched Kansas State, there were way too many games that they were in that they should not have been because their offense was playing really well. You just talked about like Will Howard. Will Howard's market value right now is soaring, soaring because of the results that he put on the field. And he, he is a mediocre quarterback at best. He's fine. He made him look a lot better than he was. <clears throat> this team, outside of Cooper Beebe, who's going to be a top 100 pick and uh, and, and uh, sin at the tight end, there's not a lot of crazy good athletes on that on that offense. And he still I don't found think that you white like white skill players. That's what I think. That, that's got nothing. I just talked about how Senate's going to be a top 100 pick the tight end. My point is He's, he looks like Mike Allstott at a tight as a tight end. He kind of does. He's stocky, he's wide. Um, my point is though, he found a creative approach to get guys in space to produce yards. It was one of those things where it'd be third down, and then you're just thinking, oh, they're going to convert this when you watch them play games. I, I love the hire. Very, very creative. You bring him into a situation where he actually has some athletes to work with. I think that this offense could take some huge steps forward in the first couple of seasons. We'll see. Now, look, they need to hold on to some of these weapons now, okay, because this is a different ball game from where Kylan Klein is coming from. Just because Tommy Reese had success – doesn't mean that Colin Klein will have success, especially at AM. Right. Okay, so but, let's just let's just understand that like there's a it's a different animal. And remember how people were clowning Tommy Reese in the beginning of his high or beginning of the season that oh you should have known better than hiring Tommy Reese. And look, there was a lot of criticism that he took until later in the year where they got better. Look, one thing that I think too. It tells me exactly the philosophy of what Mike Elko wants to do. Joe, they're going to run the football. They're going to spread you out, and they're going to run the football at a high and effective rate. So you know – I don't think anything changes because you know what? It's an upgraded version of a coordinator of exactly, Joe, what they did at Duke. It's almost identical. They're going to run RPOs. They're going to run some triple option uh, principles with the tight end out in the flat, zone read give it, keep it, or throw it into the flat, they're going to do all of those things. So with all of that being said, I don't think it's a bad hire. I think it's a damn strong hire. But the one thing that I will I will ask, can Colin Klein recruit? Okay? And I know you can say at A&M that that might not be a problem. Mm -hmm. But the problem has been not only being able to recruit but to develop – those pieces that that university can get. All right, Jimbo did not do a fantastic job of developing. So he's going to have to be good at recruiting and developing for this team to take the next step. Because, Joe, here's the truth. We know exactly what they can be defensively. We literally just saw it. We literally just saw what the potential of Texas a can be on defense. Joe, if they have any semblance of an offensive system, they're going to be a problem to deal with. To answer your question on if he can recruit, the answer is yes. I look at the fact, it's not like a, again, I just talked about how it's not like a sexy group of, of elite recruits that are at Kansas State. But the quarterback that he brought in, the young quarterback that he brought in, mm -hmm. Avery Johnson, was the ninth overall quarterback in his class. He's a true freshman this past year. Correct. When was the last time that we could think of the Kansas State was able to pull a kid that good. I know Will Howard. Yeah, was, it's called Colin Klein. Uh, I don't wonder how highly recruited. He I don't was. even know, but he had to be a, a pretty good prospect. No, let's see. I don't think he was. Remember, it was him and Johnny Menzel at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and they sat next to each other. He was a zero-star recruit. Oh, they probably just found him on a farm somewhere in Kansas. Uh, he was in. He was from Colorado. They probably found him on a farm somewhere in Colorado. Doesn't he look like he worked on a farm? Uh, yeah, he no, he kind of gives he kind of gives yeah, us he gives gives that he worked on a farm vibe. So this shouldn't be too bad for him. No, I mean, I again, I think that I mean, minus the joke that you're making there. Um, <laughs> I think that he's going to be able to recruit well to to attract. Avery Johnson was a was a local kid. He's from Kansas, so it's it's not like super hard to get a kid like that to stay home, but. To get him to come when he had programs like Notre Dame were sniffing around, there were a lot of big programs that were sniffing around Avery, Avery Johnson. 
to get him to stay and to be a part of that offense and to get him to contribute early on, I think those are all positive signs. And they're positive signs for Weigman early on. Well, just understand that the recruit that he was going up and people he was going up at at Kansas State is not the same teams and programs that he goes up up True. with Texas A&M. Because, look, at least covering a team in the SEC every single day, he's going to go against LSU. He's going to go against Texas. He's going to go against Oklahoma. He's going to go against Baylor, Texas Tech, even though I don't think that those schools amount to a whole hell of a lot. He's, they still He still has to battle for them. He has to battle Alabama. He has to battle Georgia. Ohio State frequently goes into the state of Texas and grabs a player or two. So with that being said, it's a different level. Like you're taking a step up a notch, right? And you can only pay people so much. It's one thing to recruit. It's another thing to recruit and be able to eye somebody that you can develop to, which is, I think, offensively been their issue. All right. You want to get over to this uh, Florida State thing, third yeah. straight show that we're talking about Florida State? Let's do it. Joe, I have absolutely no idea what's going on in Tallahassee. Actually, I do know what's going on in Tallahassee. I, I've been seeing the reports and seeing people still be extremely mad. Um, so, look. There seems to be some form of retaliation, okay, that some teams want to take for Florida State. And I don't necessarily disagree with them. Joe, P5 conferences in a New Year's Six Bowl split $14.8 million. So if you go to a New Year's Bowl, the conferences get it, not the teams. The teams get other monies. But the conferences get $14.8 million when you go to a New Year's Six Bowl. You want to know what you make if you go to the playoff? What? Upwards of $70 million. So it's a massive difference and massive increase of what going to a New Year's Six Bowl financially than going to the playoff. But, Joe, I'm going to stick to exactly where I am. I, I, I You can call it doubling down. You can call it whatever it is. I think me and you both have said this on the show. Do I think that Florida State got hosed? Do I think that they got it, – it's messed up what happened to them? Yes. And I've had a lot of LSU fans mad at and upset with me because I said I thought that the committee got it right because obviously Alabama was the team that got in. A better rival does. Florida State fans, I'm sorry. I, I, I know you hate it. It sucks. I'm with you. It sucks. The problem is, is that you had a quarterback two weeks ago take a safety in the swamp, okay? Offensively, you seem to be very anemic. And I don't think that in good conscience either, you could make the decision to leave out Alabama. Joe, the truth is, there's not one damn thing that Florida State did this year that is impress as impressive as beating number one Georgia in the state of Georgia. It's not more impressive. Four, Alabama is 4-1 and one against top 15 opponents. You want to say the loss, the loss, the loss. Well, I'm old enough to, again, I'm old enough to remember that in a month span, Alabama played, or six-week span, excuse me, they played four of those five opponents and went 4-0. and oh. So for the last six weeks, Joe, they played ranked opponents and won. Georgia being one of them, LSU being another. So I look at this and just say to myself, I get what you're saying. T Tennessee at the time being another. I get what you're saying. But if any other team in the country, Texas, would have done the same thing, what would you thought about them? Because Texas didn't play a ranked opponent since, what was it, Oklahoma, Kansas? So six weeks ago? And, you're, and we're talking about, oh, it's SEC bias or it's this bias. I get what you're saying. You're not better than those teams. And by your own criteria, if a key player goes out, you're splitting hairs. No one is saying that Florida State does not deserve to get in. But Joe, Wait, I think a lot of people have said that they that they don't deserve to get in. A lot of people – now, I know that we aren't, but a lot of people have publicly and vocally said – that Florida State did not deserve to get in because of their quarterback situation. They didn't say they did, but did they say that they didn't deserve to get in, or did they say that they did not deserve to get in over Alabama? 
because there's a massive difference. Okay, good point. Before we started this segment, I actually was going to be on your side. Changed my mind already. You managed to change my mind on wanting to disagree with you. Because you know what? Go ahead, Stone and, and, Cold and Steve Austin. We we have to we have disagreed with each, we have disagreed with each other on this topic since the results were put out there. I am okay, actually. Now that I think about it, I'm okay with them being upset. I think it's no, justified. Okay right, right, too. right. All I can think about is that how do we imagine? And this is something that we we said, and a lot of people said leading up to the the championship weekend. How do we imagine Texas fans and Alabama fans would have reacted if they were in Florida State situation? I would have been. I'd be willing to bet right now that their overreaction would have been far greater, far greater than Florida State's fan base and the in the state and the and the governor threatening litigation and, and trying yeah, to get money not. for litigation. Right. I'd be I would be willing to bet it'd be tenfold. We we saw last year when Alabama didn't have the criteria to be in the playoff, then Nick Saban went out of his way to pull people live on broadcast to beg to get Alabama into the playoff. That was when they didn't they had less of an argument to get in. What if I think that Alabama Go ahead, go ahead. Say, I was just gonna say I think that Alabama and Texas would would have would have had a complete meltdown. This isn't directed at you. This is directed at people saying that they're they're unreasonable for getting upset and they need to stop crying about it. Texas and Alabama fans are a majority of the ones that are saying that. And they're they don't are not in a position to be doing that because they would have freaked out just as much, if not more. I'm not telling them not to freak out. I'm not telling them I know, them I know you're not. I know, you know you're not. Uh, just yeah, just to make it uh, make it known. I'm also not telling them not to seek legal action. I think that they should. But there's that some, I don't know if I agree with. I don't well, know. I mean, Joe, if you're missing out on $70 million, you would too. I, I mean, I, Tim Reynolds reported today that the Orange Bowl news conference was canceled until tomorrow, and people are like, oh, what's going on here? I, I, there's also people saying, well, they had to move it for other reasons, okay? It, it is what it is. Right. I understand it, but again – I don't really understand the people saying you don't know what would have happened if we would have got in. Yeah, I do. Well, and, well you're saying that they would have gotten smoked. Is that what you're saying? You know, yeah. what you and you know that they would have. And everybody's saying, oh, that's a bad take. How is it a bad take? Because the last time they did it, the team won a national championship. And Joe, what happens? And I know I hate playing what ifs, but what if Alabama goes on to win a national title? Then what? Then what? Oh, wait, wait. I don't think, and, and a lot of people are going to hate this, I don't think that I, that argument is applicable here. I think it's solely implicable. You want to know why? Why? Because you literally, in your own, like, in your own criteria, say that we're going to get the best four teams. Now, Joe, okay. I did a poll the other day, okay? Yeah. And I think, like, four or 5,000 people voted on it, whatever it was, Okay. I'm not saying that's a lot of people, but 5,000 people is 5,000 people. It's a, that's a pretty sizable amount. Pretty sizable. I asked, what do you want from the playoff? More quote-unquote deserving or best four teams? It was almost, it was pretty much 70% saying the best four teams. And you know why it was 70%? Because the people that are out here bitching and saying, oh, well, they deserve to get in. What they did is that they voted yes because nobody could see that vote. Right, like nobody could see them on an open content, open platform saying, "Oh well, no, they should have got in," and they don't have to be the the you know they don't have to be the bad guy. So all I'm saying is, seek litigation. Do uh, be pissed off. You should be pissed off, but you wouldn't have been pissed off if you go on to Pasadena and you would have played Michigan and you would have got your teeth kicked in. I still don't think that they would have gotten their teeth kicked in. And look, just to your point about if Alabama goes on to win a national championship, we understand how fluky football can be sometimes. So there's a theoretic possibility here that Alabama maybe had two or three losses this year. And I'm just saying, all I'm saying is that if you put in a, you could put any team that was within the top 10 that could get hot and go on a run and win a national title. I don't think that proves anything to me if they win the national championship that they're more deserving than Florida State. Did they did they get the opportunity and did they succeed? Yes, they did. 
But I don't think that proves to me that they're more deserving. I think what proves to me that they're more deserving is if Florida State goes and gets their asses kicked by Georgia. That, to me, is more important because it's a common wow. opponent, even with opt-outs. It's a common opponent that tells me a lot more. Well, with opt-outs, it could be, you know, worse. Right now, right now, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson are out of it. I bet Trey Benson ends up being out of it. And there's also one of their top edge rushers has entered the portal. Look, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if that game does not end up being more competitive than we think. Because we also should anticipate that Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers probably won't play in this game because they're going to declare for the NFL draft. I would expect that that probably... Uh, I don't think Carson Beck's going anywhere. Lam McConkey and Brock Bowers. Oh, I thought you... Oh, they're watching play. Yeah, but come on. If they're banged up, like why would... Watch them play. It's the Saban Nick Tree, man. If Bryce Young played in their bowl game last year, what do you think Brock Bowers is going to do when Kirby's got him? Didn't... Didn't... What... uh, Mark Gibbs play last year for Alabama? Yeah. No, what was it a couple of years ago when um, when uh, McCorkle played in the in the bowl game against Michigan? Who was the starting quarterback ahead of him? I don't remember. I but don't. he started that game, and I don't think anyone really expected McCorkle. it. Like that, it's got such a stupid name. I don't know. I think I will say though, as we're kind of closing this thought like out, a, it sounds like a law firm, McCorkle. Look, I think Elks, that the litigation Elks. thing is. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Elks said that, Blake, it's never been the best four teams. Elks, you're an Ohio State fan. It's always been the best four teams. You've benefited from it. Yes. You've literally benefited from it. La- you know, last year, year you literally. Got your cheeks clapped by Purdue. Remember the Purdue cheek clapping? Clap, 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 clap. All up and down the field, all Purdue was doing is like a baby seal clapping them cheeks. Just clapping them ever-living cheeks. Don't tell me it's not been the best four teams. Yes. Yeah. You won it. Wasn't it Virginia Tech that they got their cheeks clapped? All up and yeah, down. Yeah, multiple field. times. Multiple, multiple times. times. And you got into the playoff. And then I'm old enough to remember when everybody said you didn't deserve it. And you're like, we're one of the best four teams. And then Clemson blanked you. So again, no. you want to, okay, Joe, how, how mad were you about the TCU game last year? Well, when they got smoked? When they got smoked. I was pretty pissed. Ain't happening this year. I promise you that. All right. Yeah. Golly, we don't have much time to, to talk about. Well, yeah, we got some time. Yeah, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. All right. I know they're mad. Cut. Don't put the baby seal thing in, in the clip. Don't do no it. No promise. No promises. Don't do it. All right. <laughs> you want to talk about our good friends over at Homefield Apparel right quick, and then we'll talk some Ole Miss and Penn State. Let's do it. All right. Guys. I tell you this every time, but me and Joe are all are you is that a home field apparel shirt you got right there? It is. And before we hit this this ad read, uh they were doing a special where they were selling uh mystery boxes. They were really cheap for a mystery box. I think I got two shirts for like 20 bucks. So I think it might be fun. Let's do this when they when those come in. We'll we'll open them on the show. We'll see what what shirts I got. Oh, and by the way, last night I took a poll. Did I tell you about this? No. Um, speaking of polls, I said that I am not going to make you eat a hat live on the show, like an actual physical hat. Oh no. What are you going to make me do? But I'm going to give you the option to eat a five pound cake in the shape of a hat, or you can eat a ghost pepper live on the show. I think I might do the ghost pepper. I think I'd actually willingly do the ghost pepper on the show. Let me think about it, but let me, let me think about it. It's five pounds is a lot for cake. It's what they wanted you to do. Five pounds. That's going to be like a hundred dollar cake. I get because I got to get a custom well, I one. I got to pay for it. All right. We'll talk off air. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm open for both. Joe wants cake. I'm open for both. All right. Talk about good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Uh, speaking of mystery box, go get one. Go get yours today. We'll be. <laughs> I probably shouldn't said that. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over a hundred and fifty different colleges that you can choose from. Whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. 
make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. So this was one of them last night. Michael <laughs> Moore said on. <laughs> that you could do the gallon challenge and drink a whole thing of milk. You guys stink, man. I, I mean, look, I'm open for I've I wait, it's only if he gets drafted in the first round, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna plant something in his hotel room or something during the, no, not actually. I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, you might not want to say that because just I'm in like case, I'm joking, you know. I'm joking, I'm joking, but but uh, how would you heat a hat, by the way? You would have to go to the doctor. I don't want it's you a, to it's talk. a figure it's a figure of speed. No, you literally cannot consume um you literally can't consume uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, dye like clothing dye i would literally be dead you would be now people who don't know basically joe said if Jaden daniels win the first round he'd eat a hat so we're finding out things that uh that he can do <sighs> nevertheless Ole miss penn state new Year's six bowl joe i gotta admit I, i'm really intrigued by this game very intrigued by Ole miss and penn state penn state defensively very good Ole Miss offensively, really good. Penn State has some opt-outs on defense. Looks like some of the guys on Ole Miss, they're not going anywhere. So, with that being said, makes it very intriguing. Now, I will say this personally. I do not think that Penn State has even remotely come close to seeing an offense or team like this. Because, look, what does Ohio State want to do? What does Michigan want to do? They want to line up, run the clock, run the ball, huddle, do some different things. Bro, this is – I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know if they've played a team all year long that's going to be up-tempo, all over the place, motions, shifts. I, I don't know if this is not a – look, I'm going to get labeled an SEC homer here, okay? I don't think this is a good matchup for Penn State because – if they are able to score, I don't know if Drew Aller, who, which by the way, Ole Miss defensively was not bad this year. They were top 60, okay, in total defense. But we say, oh, they're defense six. Ole Miss used to constantly just be in the hundreds on defense. They were yeah. never good. They're good enough now defensively that if you're not able to score and Drew Aller's not able to score, Joe, I, I don't know if this isn't a really bad matchup for Penn State. First of all, one of the reasons I picked this game because it felt like even though there's going to be opt-outs on on both sides and is by the time this game's played, I'm sure there's possibilities for more guys to maybe opt out. But it felt like we have two teams with good young cores that are still going to face off with one another. We get to see, assuming Trey Harris plays and Quinchon Judkins and Jackson Dart, we get to see that group face off against um, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, and Drew Allar. I like this game especially because Penn State notoriously plays really freaking well in their in their bowl games, their New Year's Six-ish bowl games. They always play their asses off in these games because they right. come out looking looking to prove something. They did it multiple times against they Utah. They literally did and, it last year. Yeah, they are going to want to show a lot of offensive prowess, and they just hired a new offensive coordinator with Colt Necky from Kansas, which That's I doubt right. he calls plays, but no, they're going to want to – I don't think that he can. I think right. that he, yeah, like right. you're going to wait till the new year, something stupid like that. I think that there is a capability for this game to be high scoring and highly contested. I, I think that with the closing, you know, the curtain closing on the guys that were calling the plays for when Yursich left, those guys are going to want to show that they still have some play calling prowess. I really think that this game can be really fun and high scoring. It can be one of those ones where you're busy, you're not paying attention, and then you flip on the TV and it's like it's 35-32 right now. There's that many points that have been scored in this game. You it think Drew really Allen can score 35 points? I, I think that they're just going to let loose. I think both these teams are going to let loose. Well, look, last time that Lane had 10 wins in a regular season, okay, was the last year that he had Matt Corral. And then Matt Corral went out and played in the bowl game. I think it was against Baylor. 
Uh, yes. And got yeah. hurt. And then who's the kid at um, Illinois now? Was the uh, Altmaier. Altmaier. Uh, Altmaier came in and didn't really have that great of a game. But, look, he was a backup kid who was young. Probably, look, I'm not going to judge him off of that bowl game having to come in there. I just don't know if Gerardo can – look, I used to be high – I was high on him. I thought that he could come in and do some good things. Maybe a month repair, maybe he can come in and do some good things. I ain't going to bet on it. Because I think old I think Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart and all these dudes also have something to prove. I, I I get what you're saying. I agree with you on Penn State. Now, Penn State defensively, dude, number one rush defense, uh, or number three rush defense in the entire country, number one total defense in the entire country. Look, I, Joe, I told you last year. I think I'm pretty sure it was uh, during the off season too. Manny Diaz, for what it's worth, he might not be a great head coach. And we've seen that. But, dude, my man can call plays on defense. They are a really good team defensively. But, Joe, they're 91st in the country in passing offense. Okay? They are not good on third downs. They're 58th in the country on third down offensively. They're just not good there. And, Joe, it's not like, yes, do they play Michigan and Ohio State? Okay, cool. But against everybody else, they weren't great. I mean, Northwestern State's head coach is the coach of the year. He went – wouldn't he take that team like seven and five? I, I mean, like they struggled early against Northwestern, which, by the way, remember when people were making fun of Northwestern? They are actually going to a bowl game. How about that? Remember the beginning of the year? That was all of the talk, by the way. Remember when Pat Fitzgerald got fired? Nevertheless, I think Ole Miss is going to win this one, and I think it's just because Lane's going to come out and prove a point. And I just don't trust Penn State offensively to score enough. I, I really don't. Because they, when they've gone in these bowl games, they played a team like Utah. Joe, Utah had running backs out at corner last year. You remember that? Like, they were so down at corner. They had dudes converting from running backs. Was that last year or two years ago when no, they played I'm Ohio sure State? No, last year because when did the no, year? No, I think it was two years ago when Jackson Smith and Jigba had that 300-yard game. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That was two okay, years I ago. thought that was last year. You're right. You're right. Regardless, this ain't Utah. No, it's not. I think that the reason why I think that this is going to be a shootout, I, I lean Ole Miss right now because they, they've got more of their, their core coming back and they've got better receivers. But I feel like Ole Miss's biggest weakness is their secondary, and we've seen that secondary exposed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I also think that – Ole Miss is going to have an easy time moving the ball because the secondary for Penn State and Chop Robinson, those guys, if they haven't all opted out yet, are probably going to opt out and not play in this bowl game. Just an assumption. No no sourcing on that. I think that Ole Miss has a, you know, an unencumbered time moving the ball down the field. But again, I'm, I'm really focused on the fact that the way that they played after they fired Mike Yursich, I forget the name of the assistant that stepped in. I believe they had two that stepped in that were impacting the play calling. They scored 27 on Rutgers, which is a pretty good total against a strong defense, but unexpected that they scored that many points. And they hung 42 on Michigan State, which Michigan State sucks, but they still put 42 points up. They're going to do whatever they can, and I think that these are two very close, comparable teams. They're going to want to show that they have some prowess. I I would love to see them get a little more creative with running the football instead of just running Katron Allen between the tackles and it not going anywhere. Be creative. Let your hair down. Go after him. Yeah, James Franklin, you heard it here first. Let your hair down, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last last point, Joe, before we get out of here. Um, you want to get this Charlie Baker story about the NIL? I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but you want to end it uh, with this really quickly? Yeah, let's, let's hit on this for a quick couple minutes. All right, in case you missed it, NCAA President Charlie Baker is going to legislation or trying to get legislation passed, I should say, in reference to an NIL bill. Um, I'll let you just go read the whole article. Basically, Joe, he wants, through Title IX, he wants everything to pretty much be equal. Um, I Go back to the beginning of the show, if you want to, to hear what my thoughts are. Joe, the only thought that I have here is, there's no equi- uh, uh, equality uh, when it comes to when it, revenue and sports, when it comes to dollar amount. 
It's of my opinion, if one sport generates more than others, then that sport should get all of the money that they generate. That's just my opinion. Now, I Title IX, okay, at least in my opinion, Title IX was not necessarily uh, put into place for colleges in reference to a revenue share, right? Like, it, it's not a revenue yeah. share thing. And I will tell you this. If you, if you, if, and I know if there's any lawyers that will listen to this, Joe, when you're in law, what Charlie Baker just did is some would argue is a little illegal because he did it in bad faith with not going to the commissioners and telling him, telling them what he's doing. And there's a reason why, and I think Greg Sankey gave this to Ross Dellinger, was because of the fact he can use it as litigation if they were ever to go to court about there being bad faith and him not calling the board on this proposal. Look, I think that what gives Charlie Baker – I'm going to actually come out right and say this. I, I, I'm a big fan of what, what is being proposed here because he has done something that is – he's proposing something that is inevitably going to become the future of college football. And he did something that Mark Emmerich never did and never would have done. He got ahead of it. He brought to the table – what all these other conferences, we've heard murmurs and speculation, and, and let's be honest, are probably having closed-door conversations of talking about how they inevitably secede from the NCAA. It's been brought up countless times, numerous times. It, it's constantly brought up every offseason. Him actually, for once, the NCAA getting ahead and bringing to the table a similar solution forces these commissioners to play their hand, to show their hand. And that's why they didn't go to he didn't go to any of the the commissioners. We talked about this pre-show. He didn't tell Sankey or Petiti or any of these guys because he knows that they would have shot it down because they don't want any association with the NCAA. But if he builds a framework and they're already associated with them, they're going to have to go with it. I actually would argue that the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC and all these conferences should be excited that the NCAA is proposing something like this because they don't have to regulate it. They get to put all of the mess that is going to come on the asserted blame if things go wrong, any potential litigation, if there is uh, any thoughts of, of it being inequitable. All of that falls on the NCAA now. And if I'm Greg Sankey, yes, I'm pissed that he didn't come to me with this, but I'm also supporting it because now I don't need to take the fall if things don't work out. I completely disagree with you, okay, because in reference to – one big thing that you said. I, I don't disagree with everything that you said. I'm glad that he tried to do something. What he's proposing, though, isn't what you're saying is you're glad he's trying to do something, right? But what he's doing is not the right thing to do. You can't. What's the right you, thing to do, though? You're you cannot force a minus the Title IX stuff, minus the Title IX stuff, because that's got to get sorted. But but that's outside what all of, of it that revolves around. I know, but the concept, let, let's just focus on the concept though. The concept of there being a fund, a trust fund where the money comes from and the pair, the players are paid a minimum amount what, of dollars. Me, okay. Is that not a good idea? No, because not every school is going to be able to fund that. Well, that's why it's creating a separate subdivision. I, I, I mean, like, I don't need to watch Vanderbilt get their asses kicked every single week. I have no problem that they're not going to be competing but in, the this, problem, in this though, level. Joe, the problem in that, Okay, is he's saying that we're separating the top from the bottom and it's getting too far? Well, all you're doing is by subdividing, you contradicted yourself. The big dogs are going to get bigger and the smaller dogs are going to get smaller. Because if somebody, okay, can even have the ability to go to an LSU, Notre Dame, Texas, uh, Texas AM, Georgia, uh, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State they're not going to go anywhere else to, for playing time because they ha they know that they're going to get paid $30,000 a year. It won't matter. It's a separated thing. He put a minimum on something that had no business being a minimum. He's ruining this. You can't put a – and by the way, do you know how trust funds work? The school has to go to the advisor. The advisor puts it in a trust fund, and then it shoots out money to the player every month. Right? Okay? He wants that to be equal. So none of this can even go into uh, uh, fruition without Title IX in general. So all the shit that he said before there is doesn't matter because every other girl or player that gets paid is going to have to do the same for all the other athletes. 
and people are not going to be able to fund that. So let me just tell you this. I know you got to get going, but you, dude, final thought. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I didn't. Sorry. Even I, I. I just. I. I knew you weren't looking, so I wanted to let you know. Final thought. The thirty thousand dollar minimum is insanity. Because you're. Let's say you got five, ten girls on a tennis team. Joe, you're not spending two hundred thousand dollars in their active budget right now. That's a. That's a good. That is the only thing that needs to get sorted. So but I understand. Can't that. sort it because he brought it into the legislation. Anyway, all yeah, right. That's a good point. Great show, buddy. Great show. See you guys again on Sunday. Y'all have a good night. Peace.